1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor, a pleasure. Today is Wednesday, May the 3rd, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On May 3rd, 1979, Conservative Party leader Margaret Thatcher, she was chosen to become Britain's first female prime minister. Today in 1802, Washington, D.C. was incorporated as a city. Today in 1937, Margaret Mitchell, won the Pulitzer Prize for her novel, Gone with the Wind. Today, in 1947, Japan's post-war constitution took effect. It changed everything in Japan. It was pervasive. It was an in-depth new constitution, Today, and it was needed. Today, in 1987, the Miami Herald and its reporters had observed a young woman spending Friday night and most of Saturday at a Washington townhouse belonging to Democrat presidential candidate Gary Hart. The woman was later identified as Donna Rice. The result of the controversy torpedoed Hart's presidential bid. That was back in 1987. Much has changed. Today in 2015, two gunmen were shot and killed by a police officer in Garland, Texas, after they opened fire outside a purposely provocative contest for cartoon depictions of the Prophet Muhammad. As you may know, Islam does not allow any image or even likeness of the Prophet Muhammad to be put on paper in a publication or even a private drawing. That's not allowed under that, that religion. And so that was what was at the heart of that. They, some of the Islam people, Muslim people feel very strongly about that. Today in 2000, some of the liberals don't so much, I, I have read, but nonetheless, there are those who do. Today in 2018, a grand jury in, in uh, Detroit indicted former Volkswagen CEO Martin Winkercorn. He, uh, they, they indicted him on charges stemming from the company's diesel emissions cheating scandal. And uh, you may recall that. I don't remember the details, but I remember it was a big deal. Uh, they were fiddling with the, um, with the emissions uh, system in the car, and it would, it would automatically shut off like when it went through, a, through a, a test or something like that. And anyway, it came to light. It was a, a big, big deal. It was certainly a big deal for winter corn, that's for sure. One year ago today, President Joe Biden blasted a, as radical, a leaked Supreme Court draft opinion, throwing out the Roe v. Wade abortion rights. Chief Justice John Roberts, and I mentioned this yesterday on the day that it was leaked. This is the day after, one year ago. Chief Justice John Roberts said he had ordered an investigation into what he called an egregious breach of trust. Have you ever noticed it's so disappointing? Clearly he hasn't followed up on that because Samuel Alito said yesterday, and I mentioned it on this program, that he thinks he he knows who it is. If he knows, probably others know as well. Certainly the people who did it know, and it was leaked from the inside of the court. I would think that if Justice John Roberts really wanted to know and to publicize it as he should, the American people have a right to know that kind of stuff. I mean, that's pretty, that is egregious in the sense of, of, and and it's radical as well in the sense of if that becomes a pattern, it just really diminishes the role of the Supreme court. So I would think that if John Roberts really wanted to get to the bottom of this, he could have and would have. And if he did, Why is he not sharing it with the public? Well, I think he's trying to protect his court. He is the chief justice, so it's his court in effect. So probably that's what's behind some of what is going on as we speak. Recently published U.S. State Department grant opportunity, thanks to Fox News, and I'm not very happy with Fox News uh, in some of their recent decisions, particularly firing Tucker Carlson, and I guess, and, and Dan Bongino, and I guess there's a couple of others that are going to go. Maybe, uh, I'm not sure. I won't get into the names, but I've been reading that a couple of more are about to get the axe as well. But uh, anyway, Fox News uh, yesterday, they noticed and they published uh, some funding opportunities by our State Department uh, in Pakistan. <laughs> and uh, it, it focused, these these opportunities are to get money from the United States, taxpayer money. And the, these opportunities focused on English language education in the Islamic country of Pakistan as a way to enhance people-to-people ties between Pakistanis and Americans. The title of the grant opportunity was Pakistan English Language Professional develop, Development for Teachers, Students, and Young Professionals. It was offering up a half a million dollars, $500,000 in total, but it was eligible to nonprofits and non-governmental associations and other organizations to teach English in the country. To their credit, Fox looked a little deeper. It turned on the light. The grant set aside... $75,000 to be split up in, to eligible applicants who engage in intensive professional development courses for Pakistani transgender youth from ages 13 to 25. What are we doing? What's the matter with us? There is a an obsession in this country with this. I can't, for the life of me, figure out what what the Biden administration is thinking. They have just given themselves over to the LGBTQAI plus blah, 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 whatever, to that agenda. That is not the government's role. And it's particularly not the government's role to fight against nature and God. And I mean, every historic belief that America has held has to do with Males and females, and now all of a sudden, all of this has happened. And I want to talk about some of the some of the dynamics of this in the culture today, and the numbers of kids that are confused. Even the CDC has come out with a report. Well, I'll tell you, but there are states that are taking pushing back. I did a commentary on the ACN stations yesterday. And so those of you listening to A.C.N. radio stations uh, this morning, as we originate live at 9 a.m. in the morning, uh, you probably, you may have heard my commentary uh, sometime between yesterday and this morning on those A.C.N. stations. The other stations we're on are not running our commentaries. I wish they would. Uh, maybe you can encourage your station that you're listening to to, to carry our. It's a, it's a 60 second. Uh, commentary and it's about something that's happening in the culture that particular day or right around the day that it's running. But this, uh, the one I was running on ACN over overnight yesterday and this probably this morning on on those stations, had to do with Oklahoma. And uh, I didn't mention I mentioned it in passing on the program yesterday. But l- let me just take a minute and tell you. What some of the states are doing, Oklahoma is the the most recent one, and they're the first one to take the stand that they're taking. But on Monday, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, he signed into law measures forbidding the use of medical transgender interventions on children. It's now a felony to do so in Oklahoma. He said, last year, I called for a statewide ban on all irreversible gender transition surgeries, and hormone therapies on minors, so I'm I'm thrilled to sign this into law today and protect our kids. He's a Republican governor, of course. Oklahoma is very much behind this move. We cannot turn a blind eye, he said, to what's happening across our nation. As governor, I'm proud to stand up for what's right and ban life-altering trans- transition uh, surgeries on children in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, th- more states need to be doing that. A number of them are talking about it in, in fairness to them, but they need to move this thing forward and they need to take a position. I never thought I'd see the day in America when we had to invoke laws to protect our little kids from being indoctrinated at school and then physicians who have now created, doctors who have now created a $2 billion industry in mutilating the bodies of little kids who have been led to believe that they might not be the sex or the gender that they are and that they were born with. I I wouldn't blame anyone for not believing that this is happening. It is so beyond reality that it's hard to even connect with it unless you're a part of that movement. Unfortunately, our president seems to be the banner carrier for that movement. He seems to remember more about what to do to advance that agenda than he does about the agenda of America itself as a nation. He is obsessed, maybe possessed, with this whole thing. He never stops pushing this agenda. Every opportunity... Now he's sending money, his administration is sending money to Pakistan to teach these kids about transgenderism under the guise of people-to-people relationships. You tell me, at what point does America need to take a stand against such things? Not Republicans, but America. Boy, sometimes it challenges our confidence. But our confidence is not based in Joe Biden or any other president, regardless of political affiliation. The book of Hebrews says in chapter 10, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry many years ago the psalmist wrote in psalm 40 verse 1 i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry blessed be the name of the lord <laughs> but if we I don't know how people can survive in the culture that we live in today without the assurance of an almighty God who knows you, knows who you are. And if you have accepted his son, Jesus Christ, as your savior, he lives within you. And he does hear, he does know every part of our life every individual. Oh, I know there's those people out there that even sometimes under the guise of being religious, you know, in, in nature and religious and what they say, but they're telling college students and others that will listen, they're saying, oh, God isn't, I mean, that, that's that's kind of, kind of an ego trip to think that God knows all about your life. I mean, who are you among billions of people on this planet? Well, he does. Like Franklin Graham says often, he'll say, do I, he says, do I understand all, every part of the Bible? No, but I believe every part of it. Well, I would agree with that. Sometimes there are things we don't fully understand. How can a God know all of that? Well, he does. And he knows your life and he knows your challenges and he knows where you are. And he knows the anxieties that we all face in this culture today. But God is God, and he is there before this, and he will be here after this, and he will stand with us through this, and we will get through this. But I will tell you that America is, is at the fork in a road, and boy, I'll tell you, the, the path we take is going to be tremendously important and you say well i you know i religious left i i don't really care i mean we're going to heaven and i mean why would should we worry about this we should worry about it because god has given us this great country and he has allowed us to be born here and to, or to come here from somewhere else and to live here and to be a part of the most blessed the most prosperous the most free nation in the history of the world To whom much is given, much is required. And we're required in stewardship of this country until God takes us home and a new era of God's plan comes into existence. Right now, we're responsible. And I think we need to take responsibility because things are out of control, desperately so. Author and evangelist Anne Graham, Franklin's sister, And Graham Lotz, she she penned a prayer the other day for the future of America and the nation's youth that has quickly gone viral. People liked it, and they really identified with it. Let me share it with you. Very tearfully, she said, we are in a spiritual and moral freefall. We are. National polls confirm she's right. I'll come back to that in a moment. However, actor and writer Kirk Cameron, while he was conducting his 10th storybook, Event, story hour across America at a library in Cherry Hill, New Jersey on Saturday April the 29th he said he became emotional and began to cry tears of gratitude and hope when he heard some of the family start singing and worshiping God on their own as they were waiting in line to get into the library for the story hour the space had run out and it was a big library I'll give you the details in a moment but it occurred to me that there are tears over America. Tears of concern and tears of joy. It isn't all concern and it isn't all joy. We're living in historic times. Author, evangelist, Anne Graham Lotz, as I said, daughter of Billy and Ruth Graham, she penned this prayer for the future of America and the nation's youth. It went viral. She said, we are in a spiritual moral freefall Here's what she said in her prayer. She said, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have been our dwelling place throughout the generations. Your faithfulness, your fame, your promises, your covenant, your authority, your glory continue year after year, decade after decade, century after century, millennium after millennium. You have not changed since the beginning. Your word is forever settled. She continued with her prayer. She said, As I consider my generation and the ones that follow, I am appalled. We are in a spiritual and moral freefall. A great darkness of lies and unbelief and ignorance and evil covers the world. People are living as though you do not exist. I shudder to think of what future generations will face the generations of my children and grandchildren unless they rebuild the foundation of authentic faith. Our nation will crumble. It's crumbling now. In the midst of political turmoil, racial division, social upheaval, financial uncertainty, virus pandemics, and worldwide chaos, I earnestly pray for my children and my grandchildren. Redeem my parenting mistakes, she prayed, and my failures. Help my children and grandchildren overcome the consequences of of my sins. Keep them from falling away from you into sin. I long to see them one day presented before your glorious presence without fault and with great joy. On that day, I will humbly bow and worship you for for your goodness and grace and faithfulness to all generations. For the glory of your great name, Jesus. Amen. That was Billy Graham's daughter, and, and Graham Watts, that was her prayer. Well, she put it on social media, and it went, it's all over the place now. Well, America is indeed in a moral freefall, according to the CDC. And they, they're slow to respond to these kinds of things, because they know the president, who has great influence over all of the agencies, who, whomever the president is. They're slow to report on these things, but the CDC has come out with a report now, It says, teens who identify as LGBTQ have skyrocketed their words. One of four high school students in the United States identify as homosexual, bisexual, or questioning their sexuality, according to CDC. One in four, 25% of kids. Never heard of such a thing until this generation. Latest edition of CDC's Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance Systems, that's what they call it, found that seventy-four point two percent of high school students claim to be exclusively attracted to the opposite sex. Twenty-five percent then, a little over, are not. Of the remaining participants, eleven point nine percent identified as bisexual, three point two percent as gay or lesbian, and nine percent as other and questioning. It's no question in my mind that the intense, relentless indoctrination in public classrooms coupled with activists is, presuming, is, is producing these, these results. This isn't just a, an awakening in and of itself in America. This is where indoctrination takes you. And that's why we've been doing this program now for about 10 years, I think. And that's why so often I am so direct about public education. It is a disaster. When Noah Webster started what we know as public education today, the intent was, and they said this out loud and in writing, the intent was to prepare children in a godly education so they could read the Bible. That was the first reason. And the other reasons were so that they could contribute to the culture and, and so on it was and, and biblical truth was at the very core of public what we call public education. Noah Webster says that education, I'm quoting him, education is useless without the Bible because that becomes in indoctr- end of quote because that becomes indoctrination and that's the problem in America today families have been silent and busy and making you know their their money to pay their bills and so on. I understand I get that. but in that time of, of, of getting ahead and getting and being comfortable and all that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in that time we have set aside one of the most important things in our whole life that God has given us and that's our children. And we put our children on that cursed bus, that big yellow bus, and sent them off to wherever, where once that was kind of a community center and people gathered around it and parents were involved and so on. Now it's become an indoctrination station. It has. And this is the result of that. This is what has gotten us to this point, is day after day, year after year, activist teachers, sometimes Christian teachers, have fought through it emotionally. I've talked to some of them. They've told me how hard it is to be a public a school teacher today in that environment, but they've taken their stand and they've stood for God and they've done what they could do. Unfortunately, there aren't enough of them to change the course or the trajectory of public education. The people at the top, the teachers unions and all of these, they have a vision and it is very much aligned with Joe Biden's vision. And we are now seeing the results of that. 25% of our kids don't even know what their sex is or their biology. They're confused. 25% of them. And then we wonder, you know, how, did, how does these things happen that we read about in the news? Uh, yes, I am creating a link to that because it's there and it's obvious to everyone except those who have a A a burning, lustful drive to advance this particular agenda. And we're, I mean, everybody is now having to face this. Thankfully, many of us are. But we can't go on like this. And no wonder Ann Lotz-Graham is concerned with tears. But we live in a time when there are reasons to be joyful as well. Kirk Cameron, while he was conducting his tenth storybook event across America at this, at, in New Jersey, as I said, he became emotional, began to cry tears. You may recall that initially, public libraries across the nation refused to allow Cameron to conduct his readings of this. It's a, it's not a an overt, I mean, it's not strong preaching, you know, go to hell or heaven kind of thing, but it's 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 Christian oriented and it's Christian centered children's books, and he is responding to what I've just been talking about in the culture. The publisher had to threaten the libraries with a lawsuit before they would even allow him to come in and have a a story hour while the, the, the transgender men, the perverts, are coming in and out of America's libraries almost on a weekly basis. Given the overflow crowd that showed up on Saturday to greet him, according to Cameron, his publisher, Brave Books, some families couldn't immediately get into the library. As a result, while they were waiting to get in, it ended up they had to do three story hours. There were so many people. There hundreds and hundreds of people showed up with their kids. But while they were doing that, while they were waiting their turn, they, they started a, the kind of a worship service. They just started singing worship songs and the voices of children and, and a parent, a parents were all blended together. And there were declarations from moms and dads. They were raising their hands. They were singing these sacred songs, thanking God, praising God, filling the lobby, the staircase, expanding into the upper room, uh, that's what they called it, of the two-story library. Got emotional. Cameron said, I got really emotional. And he said, I started crying. He said, I I, I don't normally do that. But he added that he cried tears of gratitude and hope. He said, songs of courage and resolve. He said, I don't believe God is finished with America. He said, God is not finished with America yet. He's advocating to America that we get back to our basics, which includes loving our country, practicing our faith, putting our families first. First, he said, freedom is rare and a precious gift. That's what our founder said. He knows that. He's a student of history. He's not just an empty-headed actor, as some are. They just know how to read scripts. He's a smart guy. And he's deeply committed to the Lord. But he said, freedom is a rare and precious gift. That's what our founders said. They said, if you lose it, you may never recover it. In fact, there are no cases in history where it was recovered. Our founding fathers said to one another in the documents that we have. As it turned out, Kirk Cameron was joined by journalist John Solomon and musician Sean Voigt he's the guy that goes around having these worship uh, meetings, and they're huge. He was with him at this thing. The publisher said, while families waited for their chance to get into the story hour, John and Kirk and Sean each took turns addressing the crowd, waiting outside the meeting room. He added, Kirk was brought to tears as he was worshiping with the crowd, seeing how many families came out in support. And Boyd, who is a Christian singer and a musician. He just, in fact, he just uh, finished his Kingdom to Capital tour. He said that that the parents are standing up all across America, and if they can do it in the Northeast, they can do it anywhere. Thanks for being with me today. Tears of joy, tears of concern. I'll see you tomorrow.